Welcome to the Sander podcast where I, Adam Barber, will talk with another investment director at Sander, Oliver Smith, about the year ahead. But before we get there, perhaps Oliver, you'd like to quickly set the scene for where markets are today. Thanks, Adam. Well, I think it's useful to think about the last two years as being very different years. So 2018, we saw tightening from the Federal Reserve, strong earnings growth, and a very violent sell-off in Q4 of that year. While in 2019, it's been completely opposite in a way the Federal Reserve has done a U-turn. They've been cutting rates, equity markets have been very strong, but importantly, there has been no earnings growth at all in markets. So looking back over the past two years, I think what's important to note is that while our judgment may be clouded by what we've just had in the last 12 months, when you look at it on a two-year view, you've seen very, very modest returns from UK equities up just 4% compound. And actually the US, which has been by far the strongest region, has seen equity market returns of just over 12% compounded. So yes, these are strong returns, but I think it's fair to say that we are some way away from us being in a market bubble. Now, looking forwards, as a house, we are confident that global growth will accelerate into 2020 due to looser monetary policy and abundant central bank liquidity. But it makes sense, I think, to be cautious on 2021, and it's quite likely that the market looking ahead as it does may begin to prepare for a slowdown later towards the end of next year. What's worthy of note also is that volatility has been quite low over the past decade compared to history. So with the end of QE, or possibly um, if that ends later this year or next year, we, um, we might expect volatility to pick up going forwards. And therefore, we would ask our investors to be a l- little bit more prepared um, to, to see some more volatility in their quarterly returns. And in fact, it's really over the past 10 years, it was only in 2011 that we saw what could be deemed normal um, market volatility, if you compare that to the past 30 years or so. For 2020, Sander has lowered its capital market assumptions compared to previous years. And this essentially is in recognition that valuations are not as attractive as they once were. The S&P 500 at the moment trades on about 20 times forward earnings. And this is at a premium to the other global regions. Now, we think that the S&P should trade on a premium, but certainly it's at the top end of its valuation range. But in comparison, we do see pockets of value in emerging markets. And and the UK is nearer 15 times, which is, is not a valuation to be concerned about. So looking ahead to 2020, I think if we see mid-single-digit returns from equities, that would probably be a fairer result. And therefore, within our portfolios at the moment, we're looking at other asset classes to add value for clients, and that includes private equity, property, and some diversifiers too. Adam, you look quite closely at fixed income. Can you tell us a little about how markets are positioned today? Well, perhaps first, as you did, we could focus on the year that has been, and it's worth saying again, Fixed income had a very strong year across the board, both within corporates and governments. And it leads us today at, at a level where yields are very, very low. And we, th- we think the asset class is now fairly vulnerable to a pickup in economic activity. We think also the asset class may not be as protective as it previously was in periods of stress. So that leads us to be sort of broadly underweight the asset class across the board. Our concern within fixed income mainly stems from the very low expectations that are priced into markets of inflation going forward. And we think this could be a key surprise and risk to the market. It's also worth noting that we're not suggesting there'll be a large sell-off in fixed income going forward. We really acknowledge those long-term secular trends that have led both inflation and growth downwards. So just to summarise, starting yields on core fixed income are fairly unattractive today. And given the risks we have outlined, we are underweight in portfolios. We have increased our use of diversifiers, as you suggested earlier, to try and compensate for this underweight and maintain a reasonable level of risk across clients' portfolios, as ultimately it's for risk we'll be compensated.
Oliver, we've discussed 2019 in detail now, so perhaps mm. we can move forward to 2020 and you can outline the key risks that you see and that we see on the horizon. In many respects, we still face exactly the same potential troubles in 2020 that we have done in 2019. But I think really the key difference is that earnings is going to be much more to the forefront of, of investors' um, considerations. And that's simply because over the past year, we have seen negative or at best flat earnings across the world. But if you look at analysts' expectations for 2020, they're expecting 7 to 10% um, earnings increases from the US. Now, it's very easy to look at that cynically and say, well, of course, analysts always forecast that. But when we look over history, um, looking at realized earnings versus the expectation, generally the gap is not that wide between what analysts think and what actually happens, about 1% to 2%. But going into the first quarter of earnings season, season, that's something we will be looking at very closely. And of course, if that disappoints, we may have to change our portfolio positioning accordingly. From a more global perspective, one of the concerns is that global central banks have essentially run out of ammunition to fight the next downturn. And the ECB in particular, with its negative bank rate of 0.4%, is going to to struggle in this environment where fiscal policy essentially may be what's required and that will take a long time to agree. Close to home, we think the election of Boris Johnson will be positive for UK assets, whether that's housing or whether that's equities. And this is because his large majority means that the trade negotiations he will have with Europe will be behind closed doors. We also have a new Bank of England governor, and I think combined with Boris Johnson's government and loose monetary policy, this should be very supportive for asset classes going forwards. Just in terms of our current portfolio positioning, Adam, um, would you like to tell our listeners how we're positioned going into 2020? So perhaps most crucially, we remain neutral with equities, underweight fixed income, and overweight diversifiers. There are three core building blocks of portfolios. The neutral equity view stems from the fact that although we're conscious of the slowing in earnings that you've suggested, and also the risks of multiple expansion that have happened over the last year, we see no real large imbalances on the horizon. So labor markets continue to perform well, and perhaps most importantly, the consumer remains strong. And we say most importantly, or I say most importantly, because it seems over this cycle that the consumer has been the true driver of economic growth. And for now, that seems to be able to persist. Our underweight to core government bonds, as previously mentioned, reflects the unattractive asymmetry we see in the asset class. And it most truly stems from the fact that the starting yield today is, just does not compensate you for the risk. We also do feel that within the US space, there is some more attractive um, opportunities. This is because ultimately, the difference between where rates are today and where they can go in a time of crisis is much larger than other areas. If we think of Europe, where there's a a great debate about whether they need to in in fact raise rates today because of the the troubles this causes the economy. And lastly, diversifiers is ultimately there to offset the risk that we're not taking with fixed income. I said this earlier, but I think it's very important and carrying the correct amount of risk to achieve the client outcome is crucial. In place of fixed income, we've focused on the diversifiers element of our portfolio that we hope will add back the risk that we've taken away from fixed income, but also remain uncorrelated with equity over the long term. This is clearly quite a difficult outcome, but it's something we place a lot of resources and attention on and continue to strive to improve. You've been listening to Adam Barber and Oliver Smith, and it's the stand there on air.